This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Is This Real Life, a Bravo podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of reality TV to our own lives. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, real lifers. Welcome to episode 105. This week's guest is Annabelle DeSisto from the podcast Adderall and Compliments. We, of course, chat about the housewives, but also get into this week's Below Deck Med just because so much is happening on the show. And I know I don't normally recap it, but I think it's really important to delve into what is going on and the mental health stigma that is happening on the show. And Annabelle gets really candid about her mental health struggles. And I think it's just really important for everyone to hear. I realize that I don't talk about it on the podcast very much, if at all, but I struggle from anxiety disorder, and I've had it since I was nine years old, and there was a period in my life where I didn't want to be on medication and definitely needed to be, and it was my mom who convinced me to get on it and as sort of a gift to me to try and encourage me to go on daily medication, she got me this really cute Vera Bradley pill container box that had the like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know that a lot of you see a lot of old people who take medication. Um, and you see it at Walgreens and CVS, and usually they're just kind of bland and very sterile looking. And my mom thought that if I had a cute Vera Bradley one, that maybe I would be more enticed to, <laughs> to stick to my medication regimen. Anyway, just wanted to share that as we talk about mental health in this episode. One thing I realized that I didn't bring up is the Capri Room at Buca de Beppo in Encino. I think that the Capri Room is the new Sir Alleyway, and I cannot wait to actually go to LA, drive to Encino, and eat at Buca de Beppo in Dorit's room. I know it's gaudy and ridiculous, and there are fake lemons hanging from the ceiling. I love everything about it. And I'm telling you, as soon as that COVID vaccine is available and I'm able to get my shot and things start to get a little bit better, I will be on the first flight to LA to check that out. (laughs) Anyway, thank you for listening. As always, if you like the podcast, go to Apple Podcasts, give me a five-star review. And I love hearing from you all on social media. You can follow me on Instagram at ITRL underscore podcast and on Twitter at Mandy Slutsker. Without further ado, let's get into the conversation with Annabelle. (music) 
Hi, everyone. I am here with Annabelle DeSisto from the Adderall and Compliments podcast. How's it going? I am so, so thankful that you are having me on. I'm so excited. Thank you for being my social interaction of the week slash month. <laughs> I'm very honored. So I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. We're both right now podcasting from our parents' houses. So yes. not to brag, but <laughs> do you watch Bravo with your mom? Oh yeah. I my mom and I only the only things we are watching here in the house is it's either MSNBC in the morning or housewives nice. that's it like there's nothing in between there's a the only other thing that's in between is a below deck but that's still on bravo so i don't it's it's either news or bravo that news it. or and bravo my, my 73 soon to be 74 year old dad is obsessed with bravo only because he knows that if he wants to be in the same room with me and my mom that that's what he's going to have to watch <laughs> I love that. Thankfully, my dad like doesn't watch sports or anything. He's he, not like he has anything else to watch besides yeah. like runs of Two and a Half Men and King of Queens, uh, which are his other things. But he's smart enough to know that if I want to hang out with them, I have to watch this. And so he's on my podcast all the time of just him giving his Bravo opinions. And he is. That's amazing. He's like more opinionated than I am about. <laughs> Maybe I need to interview him. He's like, oh, Jackson, the dad in the box. <laughs> like, he's like, stop carrying around your dead dad. Like, he's like, he knows all about Jackson, like Ramona, and he is incredibly well versed on Bravo. So it's like, that's really all my family and I watch besides you. That's how it's felt for me this last week with the Democratic National Convention. It's like I've been watching that and then trying to catch up on Housewives. And I interviewed my dad um, and stepmom a few weeks back, but I had them watch 90 Day Fiance to talk about it because my dad is an immigrant. And I thought that it would be funny to him watch like 90 Day the other way and like get his opinion. But he never even watched it. She did. <laughs> I can't watch 90 Day Fiance because I always say I'm like, I, I love reality shows. I love bad reality shows. I just don't love bad, sad reality shows. That Yeah. And that's why I've never gotten into Teen Mom or any of like that stuff. Or like, it's too dark. But my dad loves 90 Day Fiance. And he would call me and he'd be like, it's going to stay in this hotel, but it doesn't have TLC. And I'm going to miss my 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> so he would book his hotels based on if they had TLC. So he's like, you know, my hotels.com account you know, half the hotels they have, pro, you know, they have partnerships with don't have TLC. So why am I going to waste my hotel nights there if they don't have TLC and I can't watch my show? That's amazing. He's obsessed. Did your dad and his wife like it? So he didn't even watch. He doesn't really watch. He doesn't sit down and watch TV. He's like kind of busy all the time. So the only time he really watches TV is when he runs and he's a treadmill and he watches like CNBC and watches the stock market. Well, he's like furiously running. He's a really good runner, but she I liked it. That's two things I hate: working out and math. So, yeah, I, more power to your dad. Oh my god, he basically built a CrossFit gym in the house. Now that he can't go to CrossFit, <laughs> just like random large tires and like ropes everywhere in your house. Yeah, there's like kettlebells, and I don't even know. 
Um, but I wanted to get your thoughts first on Below Deck Med, which I don't recap on this podcast, but I feel like there are so many opinions about what's been going on. I was telling you, before the season started, I saw Kate Chastain in Northern Virginia. It was like a meetup. And she said, she said that Hannah was a cunt. Not even kidding. And that um, something was going to happen this season that would be very embarrassing for Hannah. And she was so excited for it all to unfold. Not kidding. That's how she said it. And so I've been sort of like, watching on and off below deck i'm not keeping up with it the same way very juicy mandy don't you think and then now that it's come out that it's her valium right and that she takes it for anxiety but she didn't register it or let captain sandy know now she's like even today she posted something about mental health awareness and how she has an uncle who does like schizophrenia awareness and i feel like she's trying to undo no um kate posted so i feel like now that again i i feel this way about beverly hills in that people think it's going to air one way and the audience is going to feel one thing and then they feel the opposite and so i feel like that's what's happening with kate in that the audience is taking hannah's side and are upset with captain sandy no i told the truth to too many i told my feelings to too many people oh no i need to a stranger in a bar (laughs) Oh my god, that is so interesting. Oh my god, because that's like that is that is such good gossip, Mandy. Yeah, I never get it because, like, you know, how many Bravo celebrities show up in DC area? <laughs> but I went, I met her, and I've been waiting for it to drop. And then I find out that it's like she's taken Valium and has a vape pen for anxiety. That's been an obvious topic, like, of her storyline for the last how many seasons? We all know she has anxiety. I am so. I mean, Mandy, thank God we're podcasting with me sitting down in my bed. (laughs) Thank God I was sitting down for this because my mind is blown. They don't like each other. She said that she went out with Hannah in New York City when she was doing Watch What Happens Live. Um, It was like the day before. And then the day of Watch What Happens Live, people were telling her, and I had a feeling it was like makeup artists that were telling her. Like the... the like Oof. the makeup and hair people, I, that was the impression I got from what she was saying, that they told her that Hannah had been talking shit about her. So she confronted Hannah via text, and Hannah was supposed to be her plus one at Watch What Happens Live. She was supposed to be in the audience, like in that front row, and Hannah yeah. never responded to the text and never showed up, and they haven't spoken since. Mandy, you are giving... <laughs> How are you speaking straight? How is your tongue not singed from the piping hot tea that you're right? So what is going on? And I love Kate Chastain. I think she's great. I could see I've heard that Hannah has been a dick to like, I don't know if it was you and Hannah Brown and Brian Bailey. You went to I was gonna say I'm like, I was not there. I've never met Hannah. I do know that she shush. Didn't she shush Hannah? Hannah Brown? Yeah. Um, I only know that she shushed Hannah from, um, cause Ronnie or Hannah wasn't even the one to tell me that like originally like Hannah or Ronnie was like, yeah, she, he, she shushed Hannah and Ryan. Um, I have met Kate though. I met her. She was a, um, she was a presenter during the crappies during the crappy awards. A few uh-huh. years ago. And this was before it was like at a huge theater and 
there was like a big thing. Um, this was still when it was like at the improv, which is still like a big show. Yeah. Like, um, but uh, yeah, this was, I guess, two years ago. And she was a, we were both presenters on the Watch What Crappens Crappy Awards. And I felt so bad because I hadn't, I had always made fun of Below Deck before then. I was just always like, I'd always be like, oh, why are they running a, a rerun of Below Me? Ugh, I hate it. Like, <laughs> nobody wants to watch the stupid boat show. No, like, bleh, get it off. Like, I'm like, nobody wants to see people clean a boat. Okay, nobody's here for this. Like, stop airing this. Because, like, I was very against Below Deck. And actually, my dad was the one who was like, I love Below Deck. And I was like, you're a traitor. And, like, you're a traitor. And, like, you went against the family. Like, in Godfather, you went against the family. Went against the family. And he's like, I love Below Deck. And he's like, it's a great show. And so I was like, ugh. I was like, I was like, oh my god! Now he's starting to get dementia. I'm like, he's not making sense. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's saying Below Deck's a great show, and then it's like, then I watched it, and I'm like, I like watched one episode. And I'm like, oh well, I guess that wasn't as horrible as I thought it was going to be. And I'm like, I thought it was going to be, you know, like torture, like waterboarding. I'm like, I guess it wasn't as horrible as I thought it would be. And then on the second episode, I'm like, oh my god, what's going to happen with you? Wow, like what? Yeah. And I said, be obsessed and. I binged, like, we binged it all over Christmas break and a few years ago. And, like, I was like, oh, my God, this is such a great show because unlike Vanderpump Rules, it's, like, a real workplace mm-hmm. where it's, like, actual real drama where it's, like, it's so fast-paced that they don't have time to, like, script storylines and have Lisa Vanderpump walk in eight different times, Yeah, you know, free to take the scene. And so I liked it for that reason and also – just because when somebody's upset on below deck, they're like, look, this is bullshit. I'm done with this. And then they can only walk like five feet away. Because yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the best far. part is that they're all stuck. What do you think of this season of below deck med in particular? This season, I feel like a sports person because I am actively yelling at the screen. This season <laughs> has me actively yelling at the screen where I question if I've taken my like mental health pills one of my uh prescription bottles and I'm not sure if you can hear it because I'm doing this over zoom it sounds like a rain stick (laughs) oh it does that's actually really calming right do you feel like you're yeah like one of those bamboo sticks yeah Yeah, like rain (laughs) um and these are just my anti-anxiety pills. I have been yelling at my screen so much this season between Below Deck and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Like, I question if I've taken my meds that day. Where I have, I have an old – I used to think those, like, pill dispensers, you know, like, that have the days of the week on them. Oh, I and use the- one of those. I used to think those were only for old people. Oh, no. And- mine's mine's Vera Bradley. It's kind of – it's kind of chick. Now, during – the quarantine I'm like every day is the same so I can't remember what day it day is. is yeah so once again like an old person like I don't know what day it is so I have to have like this pill organizer and so then I have to like I'm like why am I screaming so strongly at the screen and I have to look and I'm like nope I did take my pills today <laughs> just that this season of Blow Jack Med and Beverly Hills is so infuriating and this these last two weeks I have 
I've never once left a mean comment on a female's Instagram ever mm-hmm. besides, um, no, I'm not even sure Betsy DeVos has an Instagram. I was going to say the only shitty troll comments that I've ever left on somebody's Instagram have been on a male politician's Instagram Fair. because I don't think those count. Number one, cause they're a white straight guy, politician or not. You guys have had it good enough. You're getting paid more than I am. You can hear my opinions, you know, I'm only writing something mean because you deserve it is how I feel towards uh, like a right straight guy. The first negative Instagram comments I've left to another female have been to Captain Sandy and Malia. And I like deleted and reset and then deleted and reset. Like I went back and forth with this so much because it's like, when I get shit on social media, like when I get like shitty comments to me on Instagram, I'm like, I'm like, but I don't even know. Like, what have I personally done to you? Where like, I'm, why would you like, how can you write that somebody that you don't know? And don't know. Like, yeah. But also you, this is something different because you are actively hurting. People. Like you are actively hurting a, a subject that is like destroying millions and millions of people's lives, like all over the world of, uh, the stigma of mental health and taking medication all because you didn't like that somebody didn't want a room with somebody else so that you could fuck your boyfriend whenever you wanted for mm-hmm. two for the last two weeks of your job. Like go fuck yourself. Like I like Malia, the fucking little sea troll, like her and like her and Captain Sandy are like the flotsam and jetsam of the sea. I'm like, you guys are both fucking evil. You guys are like in like, like like entwined with each other you guys are so gross i am so so happy that it's turning out that malia's boyfriend is such a fucking little pusswad who cannot <laughs> handle even one dinner when he no. handled 72 plates with like last minute notice and had to do 72 plates that night for dinner and he was able to pull it off and they're telling Tom, her boyfriend, like, okay, can you make a birthday cake? And he's like, oh, two hours to make a birthday cake. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, ma, oh, queen mother. Oh, two, two hours to make a birthday. And I'm like, can't you? I'm like, granted, I'm not a baker. Like, I literally have made funfetti cake and then only order, you know, like Postmates. Is like, that's my version of cooking. Like, that's like the most amount I've ever cooked. So like, that's my realm of knowledge. But like, what what cake are you cooking yeah. for more he's a chef he should be able to handle it do you fault the whole situation with hannah taking this medication and then getting fired do you fault malia more because she made it seem like it was that hannah was hiding the valium or do you fault captain sandy for following through okay well with maritime law i can totally understand you have to tell the captain if you're taking any sort of medication, you know, but don't you think Sandy could have also the way that she handled last season, I forgot which guy it was that was drinking and they think he was drinking on the job. Travis. Travis drinking during the job. Right. She sat down with him and talked to him because Sandy, I guess, is in recovery. Sandy she is, is sober. Like mult- yeah. many, many yeah. years. Well, Travis, you know, it's just, you know, the bottle can get a hold of you, you know, and you need to get, you need, my heart's with you. It's a battle to struggle every day. And talking to him of like being not only tolerant, 
but understanding and empathetic and listening and like talking to him and listening to him and being like, you know what? Go take a nap. Go take a siesta in your cabin. You know, you're out for the day. Go to your cabin, sleep it off. And tomorrow, you know, from that, when that person is in, is in charge of deck crew. Yeah. Like the fact that they were, I have so many problems with this season where it's like, I've been tweeting like mad to Mm -hmm. like (laughs) my Twitter looks like insane. This I feel so strongly about just because it is about mental health. And I feel like mental health, like just like in the last few years has finally gotten the kind of understanding it deserves yeah, and still full understanding clearly, but it is not when somebody says like they have a mental illness, it's not that everyone assumes it's like girl interrupted, like cutting themselves, you know, like, like yeah. it was years ago because when you said you had like a mental illness people are like oh my god like put her on a 5150 like put her on like call the gurney she's gonna britney spears herself you know like where there was just such a stigma against it like there are so many people who have some type of like mental illness yeah. like everyone has something like not to the same severity level as like some others but it's like one in four people suffer from a severe like mental illness yeah to not only be able to like accept that and get like diagnosed, that's like a huge thing or to even accept treatment, let alone to go on medication for it. Right. It's a hard thing to do. There is so much. I mean, and we'll get into Potomac in a bit, but I felt that when Ashley was talking about what is clearly postpartum anxiety, you know, and Monique is asking her like, what are you doing for it? And she was like, well, I've got cleared to exercise. And I'm like, well, that's amazing. But sometimes more is is needed, and I hope that it's not something that people feel like they failed if they have to go on medication after having a child I or in general. No problem taking Adderall. Like I literally named my podcast after it. Like before I started treatment, like actual treatment for like depression, I had no problem taking Adderall. Like I've taken I've taken Adderall since college, which. I was given a free thing of Ramona skincare, but I'm not ageless by Ramona. I actually didn't get out of college yesterday. Um, <laughs> I stayed in community college for a year and a half. Um, but it's like I, I graduated high school in 2007, started taking Adderall 2008. And it's like, saw what a difference it made for me where I'm like, oh, wow, this is what it's like if I could actually like focus and do things. And so it's like, I had no problem taking Adderall and I, was going through such major things of depression where I would not leave my house for weeks, like for weeks, like wow. I, not an exaggeration, like for weeks. Cause it's like with delivery, you're like, what, like, what do I need to leave the house for? Yeah. What's showering? I don't like, what is the shape of a toothbrush? I don't remember it. You know, like I was in such like a dark place, but I like refused to go to get on medication for depression just cause I had such like a stiff, like, in my own mind, I'm like, oh my God, no, if I get on antidepressants or anything like that means like, oh my God, no, that means I'm crazy. No, I'm fine. I'll just do this. I'll do this instead. And I'm so okay with getting Adderall, but like in my mind, getting on anything for my depression or anxiety, like I had such a shame against it. Oh my God, if I get on antidepressants and anti-anxiety, everyone's going to know. And I'm going to be social outcast and pariah, even though with depression and anxiety, I wasn't leaving my house anyway. So how would (laughs) some? more of a social outcast but it's like when I finally got so bad that my parents were like we're either taking you back from LA or you're going to see a doctor 
Like it's your mm-hmm. choice. And I was like, okay. So it's like, that's what made me. And I went to like a ser- like a really in-depth like clinic where I got like brain scans for three days and all this stuff and like this really intense testing. And I saw, sorry, that's my cat tuxedo. Yes, tuxedo. Yes. <laughs> oh, he's so cute. All of it. He's seen all of it. He's seen it all. I got him in college. So trust me, he's if, seen all If our pets could talk, <laughs> the stories they would tell. He's like, I need cat depressant. He's like, he's like, I need anti-anxiety pills. Like for what I <laughs> Um, But it's like, so just I know how long it took me. And I was very open to there. I've been in therapy since like literally sixth grade. But even I was like so anti-medication. Anti-medication. Yeah. You know, I was so anti mental health medication, even though like it's for mental health. I was like, oh, well, no, that's fine. Like, that's cool. That's accepted. That doesn't mean I'm crazy. And so it's like, I don't know how long it took me. And that was somebody who was already in therapy and already had a psychiatrist giving me a prescription for one medication and how long it took me to accept and like finally wrap like my like brain around, like no pun intended about it. And it's just like to see this, to see somebody's like mental health weaponized against them just to make sure you get everything you want and being that what you want means you getting to sleep in the same cabin and fuck your boyfriend for the last two weeks of your job and that that's when you're reporting it not when you saw her, like not when you first saw her medication and and the whole thing with maritime law i get it there, there are some fucked up shifts maritime law is is a bit shady it's it's just crazy that that was the excuse why she couldn't accept Hannah's like medication. But especially being that we saw on the first season, very first season of any bloat deck with Captain Lee and the chief the chief stew was Adrian. Adrian was the chief stew, and she found Xanax in like second stew cats. Right, um, I remember that, and and he talked to Cat about it. She says she had a prescription that yeah, was. Adrian Adrian reported it to Captain to um, Captain Lee and he called Cat. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like I don't think people would be nearly as outraged as if we had not seen those two examples, right? Like if we had not seen the example of how you could handle it with, without Captain Lee. Mm-hmm. That being the most important example, but then also seeing that you saw her have a panic attack, mm-hmm. you saw her like have her Xanax. And it's like you only decided to report it when you were mad at her. Yes. If it was truly that big of a problem and not that much of a personal vendetta, then you could have been like, Hannah, have those been registered with the boat yet? And asked her first and yeah. had her and Sandy deal with it. It's exhausting. For Captain Sandy to be calling it like, you know, oh, drugs. drugs. Yeah. If, like, if it were diabetes medication, it would not be. It would Right. It goes. It goes back to the like stigma of mental health medication. And I, I get that. It's really, it's, it's awful how it went down. You guys have actively done something like very, very shitty and incredibly dangerous. It's why we're so okay if somebody has like a broken ankle or like, you know, like a broken arm, we're so sympathetic to that. Like, But when it's mental health, it's a whole other thing. No, I've, I feel that. I feel like Captain Sandy knows everyone is angry with her. And this reminds me so much of Beverly Hills 
which in that, like, I think Captain Sandy and Malia and everyone thought that Hannah would be the villain this season. And I know this is so much more than a storyline. This is people's lives and the impact that mental health has on people's lives. But I really feel like they thought that people, they could, like, make her look embarrassed. And it goes back to what Kate said to me about how, like, something's going to happen and it's going to be so embarrassing for Hannah. And just to see now that in real life she's pregnant, she's expecting a baby girl, she's moved on, she's over this, she ends up looking like the one who's makes more sense and, you know, doesn't seem petty and obnoxious. And Captain Sandy and Malia look really crappy. They look really awful. And You're the first person besides my mom that I've been able to talk about Malia with. I have a long history with mental health and um, anxiety and medication. I feel you completely. I just have like so many feelings about what a piece of shit she is and like how, like what shitty things they're doing. And like, I'm sorry for like then Sandy to be like, to post her niece who's like in the hospital with, with some illness or something. And she's like, people are attacking my niece. I haven't seen any comments like before she posted her niece, like attacking your niece, Sandy. I just feel like she's really doing anything she can to to deflect. I mean, she's trying to have conversations about it. But well, speaking of attacking people, moving on to Potomac, Candace, this all starts out with this dinner that they were having for Ashley and Candace, it appears that they're all kind of attacking Candace, trying to get her to apologize to Ashley. And she's just like, I want to do this one-on-one. And Ashley seems okay with it. And then once that finally dies down, then Giselle gets all messy. <laughs> like She asks Candace why Candace didn't give Monique a heads up that um, Charisse was coming to Candace's party and so then it just like stirs up beef between Monique and Candace and I mean what do you feel about all of this and kind of like obviously Candace is in the wrong but should she have to respond to like six people yelling at her I definitely didn't think it was I, I'm not sure if you can hear tuxedo he has his own opinions on the um, <laughs> when they invited her to first that group dinner at like the restaurant I don't think it's fair to all confront one person about an issue being like, you owe this person an apology. And then being like, okay, well, I'm not sure if that person's apology is is sincere. And it's like one common thing about on Housewives where it's like, even if somebody legitimately apologizes, which I'm not saying Candace was, I'm saying anytime in any franchise, when somebody is like, if somebody does apologize to somebody, and then like, let's say like, there was A and B and like B apologizes to so-and-so. And then A's like, okay, thank you. It means, you know, thanks so much. And then automatically it goes to A's confessional and it's like, you know what? I hear her apology. I just don't think it's sincere. <laughs> it's like over and over again. Yeah. Like then accept the apology or not. But it's like, if somebody does offer an apology, then it's like, how long can you go back and forth? It's like, either you accept that apology or you don't. You can't be like, okay, I accept it. And then in the next confessional, be like, I accepted it. But I don't think it's sincere. It's like, who are you to say it's sincere or not? You know? Yeah. All that person can do is if you want them to say sorry, and they do, and they say, I'm sorry. And then you're like, 
well, I just didn't feel like it was genuine. And it's like, then, you know what, you need to take what you can fucking get or accept it, or accept it and move on. You know, totally. I, I feel that. So it's like, I definitely think that Candace was in the wrong about what she said about Ashley and what she tweeted about Ashley. 1000%. But it's like for everyone to attack her and been like, you owe her an apology. And for her to say like, I want to do this one on one on one. And then for them to get upset about that, like that one was hard. Cause I was just like, I see both sides. I mean, I absolutely believe Candace was wrong. No, I get you. I see both sides too. Like I, I feel like Candace was wrong, but you can't force an apology. And then what was so shocking was, and I love when they do this, is when Monique, after the scene sort of ended and the camera stopped rolling, you heard Monique joking with Candace about how hard she went after Candace. And it was like she was acting and that was really shocking. I feel like they're setting up to let us know that Monique acts one way on camera and a different way off camera. And that was what Candace seems to be so upset about. She thought they had a real friendship, but and a, that. a real friend wouldn't act one way as soon as the cameras are done. Because wasn't it wasn't it Monique who invited Candace to that dinner who told her like, yeah, it's okay. Like it's okay. And then she was like, "We, I gave you so much shit." Ha 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 ha. And then Candace was like, "You could have talked to me. Like, you could yeah. have come up to me about the Cherie stuff at my party. You could have asked me there." Yeah. Like that is absolutely fucked up. I agree with her there. Of like, you, if it's somebody you trust and they willingly know you're going into a trap and not give you a warning about it, that's. Like, that is not being a good friend. I get, like, on one hand, I'm trying to take the reality, like, when I say, like, friend reality out of, like, reality of, like, what normal people would do of, like, that reality and trying to put it into a reality TV world. It's, like, I kind of get, it's, like, if this is your job and to film something, but it's, like, you can give the person a heads up of, like, oh, this is not going to be good for you. Just like it goes back to Lisa Rinna and Denise. Like, she could have given a heads up. stick up for her at that lunch or the dinner, but it's like, don't tell your friend reassuringly. Oh, like, Oh yeah. Yeah. It'll be completely fine. It'll be completely fine. And then turn on her then. And then when cameras go off, but the audio packs are still rolling and like, I'm so, like, I had to, I had to, you know? Yeah. Like, um, so then they kind of show us a little bit more of like individual housewife scenes with Potomac. So we see Ashley and Michael and they have all these problems with their sex life because she just had a baby. And I feel that, like that. That me so much. Oh, I, I know. Don't you think they're foreshadowing though to all of the stuff when he is in the hotel room? I hate it when, I hate it when the guys, even if the person hasn't had a baby or not, are like, mm, we don't have enough sex. We don't have enough sex. Like, especially like on camera. It's like, you're disgusting. And I just wish it's like, it's so different. I'm not trying to be graphic. I'm not trying to sound like, you know, not trying to be Leah. <laughs> like, <laughs> but it's like, it's way different when something enters you than when something, like, than when you enter something. You know, like you sleep with a girl once and then they're like crazy and like they like don't forget it. And it's like, okay, well, the girl was just walking down the street and like fish ho- like just like, came in and like stuck her finger and like fish hooked you. You would probably remember that girl for the rest of your life. Would you not? <laughs> I know. I think it's also just like. So different. Like she and so also like, had a baby and they're 
like when they were just regularly kind of shaming their like wife who just hasn't had who just hasn't pushed out a watermelon it's like, just and then how she said he was crying because he thought maybe he hurt her and I'm like of course he makes it all about him like and she just did this like what not even two months ago and then you're trying to have sex with her and you're upset because you can't have sex I'm like like we all see how guys are when they have a just a cold when guys have a cold they act like they're leg is falling off due to gangrene they act like they're having like an adult circumcision with a butter knife like a live like circumcision like no anesthesia anything (laughs) if a guy had to give birth out of like the hole of his penis and if a girl like tried to touch him the rest like for the next two years he'd be like do you know what i've been through (laughs) and wouldn't be able to experience any of the shit that women get paid i'm like hey do you want to get like do you want to push a watermelon up the sides of that hole and get paid way less for the rest of your life while doing it because you're more welcome. <laughs> so it's like for her, for him to make her feel guilty about that, and for like for and for her to also feel guilty about that, it just like it makes me sick to my stomach. Everything it makes me sick to my stomach that she's having to fuck this fucking rosacea Tommy Pickles to begin with. It's <laughs> He looks like Tommy Pickles from Rugrats. He does. He is so gross. And everything about him, like everything about their relationship is seems weird and transactional. Um, not from her, like she loves him, but he seems to, I don't know, it's, I don't even want to talk about it. It's gross. He's very like tit for tat. Of, like, yeah. He thinks like, I gave you this, so you owe me this, this, I gave this. you a baby. Therefore, now you have to keep having sex with me. And bless her heart. I feel so bad that it looks just like him. <laughs> I know. <laughs> when Candace was like, we can talk about, like, when they t- went to the sip and see, and she's like, we can talk about, you know, Dean, or when he's going to start to look like you. Yeah. What's Dean's last name? When is he going to start to look like you? And I I died, because I thought that was hilarious, because it's it just was, like... It's so true. That was... I thought that was honestly even worse than the dinner because the baby shot or the sip and see, I honestly think that the sip and see pile up was worse than the dinner pile, like worse than the dinner pile up because it's like the person that you're being forced to and attacked to apologize to at dinner. That's the person who then invites you to the sip and see. Right. And it's like, go to the sip and see, you bring a gift and you are acting like, you know, very politely at a sip and saving during the day and it's for a fucking baby. And yeah. you're acting, like not shady. You're being very polite, very, you know, like very agreeable. And then it's like you sit down and it's like. It's Ashley, an ambush. It's a total ambush. Sitting around, Ashley takes out her tit, puts it into, you know, baby, like fucking baby Michael's mouth. I loved that though. Can we talk about that for a moment? Like, breastfeeding i'm all for like i'm not shaming the breastfeeding part she was so that was so smart of her to breastfeed during a really intense scene that she knew had to stay in because i feel like otherwise they would have cut the scene like why would they show a woman breastfeeding but because it was such a dramatic scene of course they had to keep it in and i loved that she was breastfeeding during it because like normalize it it's not weird we need to stop treating it like that off for normalizing breastfeeding i'm so glad they brought you know like the you know like woman the lactation consultant (laughs) 
really, really short, spiky, you know, David Bedore hair. David Bedore. Stomping on like then she's like, and then you go. I know. And, like, <laughs> on like her little like nipple puppet. Like I'm all for it. Like absolutely normalize it. I kind of think, honestly, okay. I kind of think it was a safety precaution move of like bringing this out, no pun intended, like saying this while you have your baby in front of your tit because like that kind of makes you safe. Nobody's going to yell at you when your baby's nursing on your fucking nipple. Right. But I think I'm glad she at least brought up, hey, we were talking about all of this stuff when you weren't around. Now, what was interesting is, so Wendy is definitely Candace's actual friend and is saying, are these people your friends? Like, you know, asking stuff. When Candace stormed out, it was only Ashley that really followed her to console her. And it turned out Candace was more upset about Monique than about the rest of them. It wasn't that she was so upset about the rest of them and being ambushed. She was upset that Monique was talking about her behind her back and wasn't her real friend. And that I feel like is setting up for the big altercation that's coming. I like cannot wait for that. I'm so interested because then when they showed Monique, um, she, when Sharice came in and then Giselle did exactly what Ashley did and said, like, what's the deal between you guys? And Monique got up and left. It's like you're doing exactly what you were pissed at Candace for doing. Exactly. I don't know. Something about Monique... I like her as a housewife. I find her life very aspirational. I love seeing her house. I love her family. But something about her is off to me. And I don't know if it's her weird, like, not for lazy moms, let's just not vaccinate our kids and, like, go down, you know, QAnon conspiracy theory thing. That is so disappointed when I said, because I I used to love Monique. I did, too. Like, so gorgeous. I think she's so strong. And I still think she is. But I cannot get past the fact it's like every time I'm like oh my god Monique is a fucking all-star I put her in my top housewives Giselle's in my top housewives like I absolutely fucking love her because Potomac would not survive without her that's like, true she is the like she is the queen bee of Potomac like she's the OG of Potomac where she is like the center where I just I just love her and I also think Giselle is like one of those beautiful housewives like of all time um I was so disappointed to see that like Monique is an anti-vaxxer and kind of into QAnon shit. Mm-hmm. Because it, just, like, it just brought my opinion down of her so much. And I'm just like, no, I love you. So no, what are they doing to you? Chakala fucking peck some, st- like sit on, like <laughs> shit on her head and see if it <laughs> does anything. <laughs> Like the middle of her brain and try to peck that part out of her where she doesn't believe in medic, like modern medication, you know, to fight off smallpox and polio and believes in really, really dangerous. It's so dangerous. But um, we'll see what happens with that altercation. I don't know. Oh, I'm really excited to see more of Dr. Wendy. We got a little glimpse into her life. And she is so aspirational, like having all these kids, this wonderful husband who's also a lawyer, and she's done had so many degrees and is a political commentator and teaches like she is an all star and can throw shade and can read a bitch like she's amazing. I think she is awesome. I'm very curious. I'm worried about Karen and 
the Black Bill Gates. What do you think? So I'm really worried about them. But then she was on Watch What Happens Live this past week. And she said that... She was broadcasting from underwater. (laughs) Wait, who was broadcasting from underwater? Her, like, her audio... Oh, it was really bad. Yeah. I was like, why is she talking like she... Like, it sounded like she's, like, talking into, like, a fucking soup can, like, connected by a string. She needed... I would say she needed a Senate staffer. For those of you who haven't been paying attention, there was a a hearing on the post office today, and one of the senators uh, from Delaware was having some audio issues and shouted, fuck, 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 when he thought he was off air, and he was kind of shouting it both at the technology and at his poor little staffer who came on with a mask and was, like, trying to fix the Zoom. It was amazing. (laughs) Oh, my God. I haven't watched the news yet. So... Let's get into Beverly Hills this week. So we are one away from the finale. And I just, I don't know, I feel like I'm a little bit exhausted by everything that's happening with the Denise and Brandy stuff. But at least we got some kind of more of the meat of all of it this episode with the revealing of all the text messages between Brandy and Denise. But it's exhausting. I have now started to hate watch Beverly Hills. <laughs> I, never thought, I never thought that's where I'd be at, but it's like, I truly hate, like now I just hate watch it. I watch it because I have to, but I hate it. And like, I am so disgusted by Brandy. Granted, I've always been disgusted by Brandy. I've never been a Brandy fan. So I'm not as much disgusted as Brandy as I am Kyle. And I was a Kyle fan. I Kyle is I've I've only met two I know I've met three of the Beverly Hills housewives. I've met Kyle twice. I met Yolanda once at a, at a grocery store and this was before Lime. This is this was before Lime in Housen. And she was wearing a full denim jumpsuit and a ponytail down to her, her butt. Like how a ponytail should be, not like fucking Brandy's ponytail. Oh God! <laughs> Literally, I didn't even know it was Yolanda from the back. I was just like, oh my God, that girl is so tiny because she was just like so skinny. And then when she, I then I heard her talking, and I'm like, oh my God, it's Yolanda. And then I'm just like, I just had to go. I'm like, oh my God. I, she was like at the deli counter. I'm like, I just have to say, oh my God, I love you. And she goes, oh thank you. I have no makeup on, and just turned her and just and you're like, her. and you look perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I have no makeup and just continue and just turn back around and continue. How was Kyle when you met her? Cause I've heard mixed things. I feel so badly because I used to love Kyle. I used to love her until this season. And now I'm like, are my, are my goggles just off? Has she always been this horrible? Or I'm just now like just seeing it for the truth or has this always been her? Was it the things that made her this way? I don't know. The two times I've met her, which have both been at fan events, First time I met her was at Andy Cohen's book signing at just a bookstore. And she was incredibly nice and took a picture with me. Second time I met her, I was at some opening. It was a a store opening that um, Danny Pellegrino invited me to. I was just a plus one of somebody. And Kyle Richards and Faye Resnick showed up. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, I have to say something to her. And so I honestly, I just used kind of the same um, line on both her and Faye at two different times. Because oh, Faye was <laughs> it was just like, it was something so stupid. We went to a, an, a store opening that's actually, 
it's now right next to Sutton's store. Like Sutton's store just opened right next to the store. It's like called like Rebag. It's a it's a high end uh, con- uh, consignment. So like it was like the open night and there it's like it's like a it's a store that sells like a ton of like used Birkins and used Chanel's and whatever. And so Danny Pellegrino and I were like in the corner and first like Faye Resnick went by and we were kind of like in the Chanel corner and I had like my Chanel purse on and like they were looking and I was like, I'm just going to go up, go up to her and ask for a picture. Like, I don't care. And so I, I used the same fucking kiss assy embarrassing line where I was like, Faye, I'm sorry. I'm like, if I I'm like can we take a picture? I'll give you my, Ch- I'm like in return for a picture, I'll give you my Chanel bag. And I'm like, I think I'd still be getting a better deal. So like, so kiss assy. So <laughs> I love it. That's so funny. <laughs> so adorable. I love your bag. Sure. And then I, then I saw Kyle and, um, not, um, not Farah, who's the younger one. Oh, Alexa. Alexa. Oh, Alexa. Alexa. Um, uh, uh, yeah, Alexa. So, uh, then it was like Kyle and Alexa like looking at purses and Danny's like, are you going to do it? I don't, and I'm like, I'm absolutely going to do it. And I like pushed him aside and I like used the same fucking kiss ass line. <laughs> and she's like, Oh my God, you're so cute. Yeah, of course. And so we, so like me, Danny and Kyle took a, <laughs> me and Danny and Kyle took a picture together. <laughs> that is so it funny. has been completely lovely both times. So it's like, I feel badly hating her now but I do I hate her now like I am I'm more disgusted by her than I am by by Brandy because Brandy I've always like has always seemed like a shitty desperate like low-life person and Kyle I'm just so disappointed in her and I just do not understand I don't understand Teddy's thing of like what has Denise ever done to you like your guy's determination to ruin her life and I just I don't understand for Kyle to say you know Brandy's a lot of things but she's not a liar and I'm like really because five seasons ago when she said your husband was cheating on you she was a liar when she said your sister like when your sister Kim was doing coke in the bathroom at Eileen's house she was a liar when she said that you're a terrible sister, she was a liar, but now she's not a liar. Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, I believe that everything happened between Brandy and Denise. <laughs> like I yeah. like I'm sure that they like hooked up drunkenly or like even not drunkenly. Like I I'm sure they hooked up, but I also feel like whose fucking business is it any of their like it's no one's business. And so what bothers me is not the fact that they hook up. Like, listen. If it doesn't involve you, your child, or your pet, you should have no, like, emotional, like, you owe me this. You can have opinions on it. Like, everyone has opinions about everything. But for everyone to feel so outraged and, like, you owe us an explanation. Where were you on this day? What about this? You said you didn't talk to somebody, but if you did this, and it's like, nope. Kyle even said on this episode, she's like, you know what? If Brandy and Denise even did kiss or did hook up, it's none of our business. I'm like, you're fucking right. It's none of your business. Like, it doesn't matter. So the fact that it's like what disgusts me is the fact that if you're so, as Brandy puts it, it's like, I'm just so disgusted. Like, I'm so outraged that I would be a secret. And I'm so disgusted that she said this. Like, after we hooked up, she said, oh, my God, never tell Aaron because he would kill me. And it's like your first reaction when somebody tells you that is to then go on national TV 
and tell <laughs> everyone that. And it's like, all of these women are so like, we're about the children. And it's like, don't say this because it would hurt our children. Don't say this. I'm a great mom. You know what? I care about my child more than anything. And all of them are so like, my like children are the most important thing. You never go after a child. You never say this in front of like whatever, whatever, whatever. But yet you are dragging yourself on camera to say this to somebody who has children, who has a family, who said, who allegedly Dr. Abelfinger said to you, never tell this to anyone because my husband will kill me. Then your first thing is to go on camera and say that to the entire world. And you're like, and I feel so guilty because now it's like I hooked up with her and if Aaron didn't want me to hook up with her and now I've become everything I've hated. Now I'm a cheater and I'm so disgusted. It's like, really, you're so disgusted that that's why you demanded to be on national TV and do this. Like, that's what disgusts me. It's yeah. like, it's your like fucking hypocrisy. I'm so disgusted about how Kyle and Teddy and Erica, like, I just, I pray that Teddy and Erica don't come back next season. I feel like Erica is more upset about Denise pretending to be her friend and her thinking that they were starting a friendship and like genuinely hurt that. I- that Erica was like, you know, like my problem, you know, in her fucking home confessional, which the home confessionals. Oh my God, her blush looks awful. She looks like she was like baked like too long, you know, at like 425. She looks like fucking <laughs> Monty. Like fucking, she looks like, like, you know, like the Italian ice cream, like the Italian ice cream where it's like vanilla, strawberry, and chocolate. Like, yeah. <laughs> Her contour, it's like dark, dark chocolate. Well, at least and you know she didn't get glam and people didn't come in a pandemic to do her makeup because that that shit is home done. <laughs> it's just like dark, like like brown paint string for contour and then it's like hot pink and then like highlight. It looks like the Napoleon, yeah, the exactly. Napoleon ice cream. Exactly, exactly. But don't That's- you think that she was more upset at Denise for being phony to her? When at... When Brandy's like, you know, she got you a fucking like ice cold bitch after your like shootazzle event. And at the Buca de Beppo table, like Erica's like, I love it. It's like the greatest, you know, like I love it. <laughs> and then in her confessional, I also hate that Erica is so fucking put on. She's so affected. The fact that she has like five different voices. Like, granted, I have one voice and it's this baby stripper voice. I wish I had multiple voices. But that's <laughs> sometimes this like, May West character, honey. And then when she's like, you know, when she's Erica Girardi, she's like, honey, do you want, do you want cream corn? Like talking to like a, literally a child, like talking to her like dinosaur husband. And then when she's like with like, her, like with her glam squad. And then when she's with the girls, she has like five, she has like a voice for different, like for every situation. And it's like, she's so about to wear at like the dinner at like, fucking Buka and she was like well we said if you know that she said that she didn't hook up with you and at all and then it's like she has her like then like kind of soap opera like very dramatic like the pause and are you a liar young and restless like she said no so it's like for her to be like honey I love being called an ice cold bitch (laughs) it's my best character (laughs) and then in her like confessional being like to come to Rome after she's known she said all this stuff about us? Honey. 
I like Erica. I think she was just being that you love when people call you a cold-hearted bitch. Well, she was she was being sarcastic. I thought she was being sarcastic. I I I like Erica. I was so excited when I first saw Erica because it's like for somebody who looks like she looks, and for somebody who hangs out with as many like gay guys as she does, and as theatrical as she is, I was like, she's going to be so much fun. She's going to like take her like she's not going to take herself seriously. It's like. Lisa Rinna has been super dark this this season. I agree with Garcelle. Like, she's been really mean this season. But it's like, I like that Lisa Rinna does not take herself seriously at all. Because she knows she's ridiculous. Yeah. And, like, she embraces what she is. And, like, that's what is likable about it. Like, what is likable about Lisa. But Erica takes herself. Meryl Streep is lighter about herself than Erica is. And, like, <laughs> She's played some of the most, like, iconic, dramatic characters of all time. And, like, Meryl Streep is always still like, oh, 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 no, no, if you like to, like, on, like, the right <laughs> like, you're the best ever. No. Oh. You're right. She is really serious. But oh, do you no. think, I mean, what I've been saying for the last, I don't know how many weeks, is that I think they're just pissed that Denise, one, got a really good contract and gets paid more than them. Two, that, got a really oh, good yeah. edit. I think they all thought, like, this is going to be what, what, like, what takes fucking Denise out. Like, that they all got the audience, like the Captain Sandy and Malia thing. They're, they're like, oh, everyone's going to be on our side. Hannah's going to look so bad. And it's like for the majority of social media from what I've seen, everyone is on fucking Denise's side. Because most people are like, if they did hook up, why the fuck does it matter to you? And it's like the fact that it's like whatever anyone does behind their closed doors with anybody, listen, as long as it's not hurting, like as long as it's not hurting another person, a child or an animal, it's none of your fucking business. Listen, Kyle, if they wanted to have like Brandy and her wanted to have a fucking orgy in the abandoned Kyle by Aileen too. Guess what? <laughs> it's none of your fucking business. No pun intended since you fucking went out of there. Cause you had literally, cause my, my eyelash place, my eyebrows and eyelash place is right next to Anastasia salon was literally right next door to Kyle by Aileen too. So I went, so I was there like once every month with my Sicilian eyebrows and my mustache. I was there once a month. <laughs> every time I would drive by there, there were more mannequins than customers. I've heard so, that. Everyone says there weren't a lot of people. But why the fuck are you shaming and attacking this? Yeah. What? What is one? What is four minutes of Real Housewives of New York episode, which is when Ramona tweeted or when Ramona group texted that like, you know, what causes anger? You know, <laughs> what causes anger article in New York in the group text? That was four minutes. If that was, if that was, if that happened in Beverly Hills, that would be the entire season and the continuing season. What happens in Beverly yeah. Hills? It's like they have no sort, they have one thing, they pick what, like one thing, and that's the entire storyline, the whole, se- the and whole that's, season. That's what I think because I, I believe Denise's line. I think that they're upset with her for other reasons that have to do with money and her not wanting to talk about certain things. But then they set these unwritten rules about what you can talk about and what you can't. Like their lawsuits are off limits, but for whatever reason, it's okay to talk about her. So I I get it. At the same I time... Like, mm-hmm. I think it's bullshit that Lisa Rinna is allowed to talk about anyone. Like, 
she's involved with everyone's bullshit. But the minute that Kim Richards said, like, well, let, you know, and obviously, like, famously in Amsterdam, she's like, huh, let's not talk about the husband. Huh. Like, let's not talk about what you don't want out there. And that's when Lisa, like, stands up and breaks a wine glass of, like, don't you ever talk about my husband, ever. That was so iconic. That. And then when Denise is like, well, you know what? She said she's had sex with, like, uh, you know, every person she's ever met. Like, she said had said she's had sex with people in this group. And Lisa's like, don't, don't even say that. Don't even put that out there. Because all the women looked at Lisa because she's the one who's known, you know, her Brandy the longer. Yeah. And everyone like, don't even put it out there. That's just, don't even put that out there, Denise. But it's like, but you're putting that out there for everyone else. They all so have different rules for each other. I do think that Denise tries to control production and the storyline too much. I don't think it's cool to say bravo, bravo, effing bravo all the time. But yet, finally, they broke the fourth wall and let us see that. And that has been amazing. Of the fourth wall. It's the best. I wish we got to hear what they were really annoyed at her for because it's definitely they're not upset at her for, you know, sleeping with Brandy. I think they're upset with her for talking about them behind their back, but they'll talk about each other. So why are they obsessed with her? Not just if you're on a reality show, if you're a person's world, unfortunately, a female. Because men just, like, literally can say the shittiest things to each other. They can, like, punch each other out and then five minutes later be playing basketball because they don't <laughs> take it first. But it's, like, we as women, it's, like, if somebody, like everything is so personal. And it's, like, I still remember, you know, what, like, Destiny Patchouli said to me in eighth grade. And I still, if I start saying, I'm, like, I fucking hate her. You know? Like, <laughs> we, we hold like, on to stuff. But on to things, like, a lot. It's just, like, different. But yeah. it's, like. When I just hate when they're like, so and so said this about behind my back. And it's like, you're not only a woman, but it's like, you're on a reality show. That's your job. That's their job. Because what are you doing? You're talking about, you're talking about them behind their back. And honestly, I hate that talking about quote unquote, somebody behind their back is so bad because trust me, I would so much rather somebody talk about me behind my back than somebody talking about me behind, like to my face. I don't want to hear it. Say what <laughs> room god knows enough people do but i'm like guess what because in my head i've already said meaner stuff to me about me to me in the last five minutes in my own head than i have to hear from you yeah no i get it i get it all i just think it's why can't we see i want to see more i do get why brandy's upset i do think she hurt brandy with all of this i don't think so at all that brandy number one brandy looks like a fucking if an inflatable sex doll came to life. I know. In front of I a, feel bad. Do you think it's like. He looks like a. She looks like a. If Madame Tussauds Wax Museum did a wax figure of Brandy Glanville. And they left like, it out in the sun for half a day. left it out in the sun. Yeah. You know, like after putting it in front of a heater for hours. And then they're like, let's film all of her confessionals. That's how she looks. And so it's like, you are also going to say on social media, she also says she hasn't had any work done. So we're going to listen to somebody who hasn't had any, quote unquote, hasn't had any work done, is saying all of this shit, who, according to Kyle Richards, never lies, but also, like lies. I said, Brandon said, cheating <laughs> on you, your horrible sister, and your sister did uh, crystal meth in the bathroom, but this is coming also from the same person who doesn't lie. And third, somebody who is wearing that ponytail. You <laughs> wearing that fucking 
fucking ponytail. I, she is a desperate piece of shit. I cannot imagine if this is how she's like, what she's doing to brand, what she's doing to Denise on screen. I can't even imagine what a living hell she makes like fucking like Eddie and fucking Leon uh, Rhymes. A living hell in like real life. I just like, I've never been a Brandy fan and especially this season, but it's like more than this season. It's like Kyle orchestrated this. Like, I doubt that the producers would have just let Brandy on screen just by herself. The fact that like Kyle had to like have her sister Kim come over with her fucking scalp ponytail. (laughs) Like that was one of the hardest scenes to physically look at. Well, What's so frustrating about her sharing all those text messages is it now forces everyone to take sides again when I think Lisa Rinna was deciding, you know what, it's more important that I stand up with my friend and I don't need to get to the bottom of everything. And they were all kind of calming down and then it just like riled it up again and just felt so unnecessary. And the only reason they're talking about this is none of them have any other interesting storylines or things to bring. And that's what's more frustrating. Not that it was brought up on camera because I feel like it was going to happen, but that they can't let go of it and just move on, you know? This season has, is what has made me be done with Beverly Hills. Like, cause I think it's so fucking slut shamey. I think it's like disgusting. I think you're actively trying to ruin somebody's life just for a storyline. And it's something that Brandy doesn't really care about. It's something just to get a paycheck. It's like what is like, in my opinion and the bullshit of like, you know, I'm just like, I would never do that to another person. I would never publicly hurt them. Well, if you had never publicly hurt them, you could have done this privately. But instead, you decided to come on as a friend of it. It's not like you're a full-time cast member. Right. You decided to actively approach producers and Kim and Kyle and have Kyle bring you on, you know? Yeah. To do this. And it's like the just like random of like, Kim's just stopping by. And then, oh, I have Brandy in the car. Oh, Brandy, come in. But she, Brandy just happens to be magically, perfectly mic'd with, like, professional makeup and blah, blah, blah. And it's like you knew the scene was happening. So to say it wasn't set up is so shitty. And also for Kyle to invite Brandy and Denise to Teddy's baby shower. And it's like Teddy's weird fucking Karen-esque energy where she's such a fucking tattletale of, like, Denise said she wasn't friends with Brandy. Then why would you have this many texts with Brandy? And then this and this. And I'm like, is this your OBGYN? Why the fuck do you care, Teddy? What is <laughs> It's so weird. Well, I mean, I think they just want to prove that she's lying. Because I think that she came across last season as like this cool chick who tells the truth and tells it like it is and lets everything roll off her back. And that clearly isn't who Denise Richards is. I think they're so jealous of her popularity with the yes. fans. Yes. And it's like, you've already gotten LVP out. And I was an, I was like team LVP all the way. Oh, you and, were. Oh, yeah. I was team LVP all the way. I also just think like, Brandy, you're a 48-year-old woman. When are you going to stop using the excuse of like, I was manipulated into saying this. Okay. Well, yeah. you're not, okay. You're not <laughs> like... I'm sorry, you're not being like bound and gagged and like being put in front of a camera with somebody holding up, you know, with your captor fucking holding up a sign of what stuff you have to read to the camera. 
Yeah, she she doesn't take a lot of accountability. Exactly. She takes zero, like, the amount of thought that was put into that ponytail, zero. The amount of responsibility responsibility she takes into anything she does. Okay, speaking about taking responsibility, I need to ask you about Dorinda. Because I feel like talking more about Beverly Hills is like beating a dead horse. We just keep going over the same story over and over again. Sorry, I will keep doing No, no, no. I keep... (laughs) I will go full on Beverly Hills where they just... They just attack the same thing over and over. And over. <laughs> it's like, over. I feel like everyone has the same opinion overall. I will be Kyle being like, did you get glam? You got glam before you came here? You got <laughs> and I'm like, Kyle, you are just jealous that you have those fucking bangs for the whole season. And the fact that she tried to blame those bangs on, I had these, I got these bangs because I was, I was, you know, obviously, you know, I was reprising my role in Halloween because I was in the original Halloween. I'm like, yeah, in 1970, what? Like, you know, whatever number. Yeah, she could have had clip-on bangs. (laughs) As we saw with Luann in New York, you can get clip-on bangs in literally two minutes. So stop trying to blame the Halloween movie. The Halloween remake, stop trying to blame that on your bangs. You got horrible bangs. You regret it. Stop trying to blame it on the... I heard that she got a facelift (gasps) and that she got the haircut to cover up because when they started filming, there was still something. I heard that. I have no idea if it's true. Mandy, that's good enough for me. I don't care. (laughs) I feel like it's like a much better explanation and it's a lot easier to say. Then shouldn't we go down a rabbit hole and then accuse her of lying about why she got bangs? That's the bigger crime. It's <laughs> not if fucking Denise and Brandy went down on each other. That doesn't affect me. I don't see that. You know what I do see is your fucking horrible bang. Let's, <laughs> let's attack that. Let's attack the main storyline. Let's attack that. Let's attack the hairdresser. What was the hairdresser on? Captain Sandy. That's the drugs we need to worry about. Those are the drugs that endanger people's <laughs> Look at Kyle. I know. Those are the drugs we need to talk about. Mandy. Bring the important stories <laughs> I heard it. I don't know if it's true. I respect you as a journalist that much. And I'm like. <laughs> I'm just like. I was like. Unverified. Allegedly. Um, but going to New York. So we're again getting towards the end of the season. But what I love about this season, even though it was a kind of overall bad season for New York, it's still like things just move so quickly. I guess I'm in the minority. It's like people are saying it was a bad season for New York. This was honestly my, on all of my, hi Stewie. On, oh, I'm not sure. Can you hear that? That's yeah. Like, oh, Stewie. Little kitten. Um, this is my favorite season of any Housewives franchise ever. Really? I didn't realize I was in the minority of that, but it's like everyone is saying saying how much they hate the season of New York. I don't hate it. I think it's just been with everything that's happening in the world. It's exactly what I thought we needed of like, it's just been funny. Like I have not, like I laugh out loud, like not kind of like LOL being like, Oh, that's ridiculous to myself of like, but actually I'm laughing out loud every episode of New York. I think Sonia and Luann are amazing on this and Leah this um, season. They have been bringing laughs. I guess I just really didn't like how Tinsley was run out of there. I felt like 
that left a bad taste in my mouth and that turkey baster comment that Dorinda made was like the end for me. I was like, I can't. It was so mean. And you want to talk about things that affect people like infertility is a huge issue. And to kind of joke about a woman who doesn't have a child who wants a child and make fun of her. The bullying on Tinsley was disgusting to me just because I'm like, you were just picking on this like woman who is younger than you for no reason. Right. Like, like you guys just start picking on her of like, oh, she's like young and still unmarried and still on kids. But it's just like, it was just kind of, you could so tell it was just kind of all of their jealousies of like that this, of just like this pretty young girl who was like younger than them who had more, and I hate to make it about age and stuff, but it's like, I really felt that they were so jealous of her and it made me so disgusted. I don't know, like, because I used to love Dorinda. And now looking back, because now, like I said, all we do is watch news or old housewives. I've watched enough, like, old seasons of, and I've always watched old seasons, but I don't know why it's like, I've just kind of had this, like, Dorinda filter on where I'm like, oh, she's just, you know, like, sometimes she gets drunk and says crazy things. And now looking back, I'm like, oh, she's always been mean. Like, mm-hmm. she gets really, really fucking dark. She has never dealt with the death of her husband, and she takes it out on everyone around her. And when they try to just slightly bring it up, she tears them to shreds and mocks them. When they bring anything up about her behavior, she cannot, she has never once apologized authentically. And I know I sound like a hypocrite being like, you know, if somebody says, sorry, like, what else do you want them to do? Like, then they're like, well, that was an authentic, sorry. But it's like, she legitimately says the most horrible things. And then the next day is like, please forgive me, you know, whatever. And like, just like, I would just want to hug you, you know, I love you, whatever, and just tries to brush past it so fast. And then it's like, with, if it's something that she takes as a slight to her, she goes fucking crazy. And she's like, you know, my feelings were so hurt, my man. And it's like what you have said to like, if she even said one of those things that she said to Sonia, even the first season she was on there, like, why don't you get a, you know, pass for your Holland Tunnel, your fucking Jeep vagina? Like, why don't you get a season pass? You know, like, just like one of those things. Yeah, the easy pass comment. It's so mean. She seems like someone who it, it, it is a toxic friend and also like, I don't know, uh, this is probably too far, but I feel like she abuses her friends in a way, like emotionally abuses them. She says things that are so hurtful and then gaslights them into making it seem like she didn't really say it and then makes them like, right, like question their own reality. It's so bizarre and so mean. And then when you bring it up to her because you actually care, she she won't hear it. And What's been harder for me is to see her in real time on social media not coming to terms with the fact that she was wrong. And I feel like that's her ultimate like Achilles heel. She can never be wrong. And most people who have a really bad season usually will say something to try and make up for it and be like, you know what, I was going through this or, you know, this other thing was happening, and that's why I've been ha- behaving this way, and I'm sorry. She has no apologies and is mean to people for, like, no reason. And to pick on Tinsley, who's, like, weaker, quote-unquote, than her, or Luann for Luann's drinking. Yeah, and- it's for no reason of just you're punching down. Yes. Not only are you punching down, but you're punching them by- 
who doesn't even have a fucking like I'm not Mar you know, I'm not Martin Tinsley or Tins Tinsdale. Tinsdale, uh, yeah. Boxing instructor and Leah's like boxing mitt or the boxing mitt boxing oh, like, glove. Glove, glove. It's like you're not only are you not punching like you're punching down, but you're also not punching somebody who even has a glove on. You're just attacking the easiest target. And I think it's so I think it's so low rent and I think it's so unfair when you punch down to anyone because it's not a level playing field. Yeah, no, it's 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 too much. And so I've had trouble, but I love Luann this season. I never thought I would think that. I feel like she has become a voice of reason the last few episodes that I never thought we would see. I just, I cannot believe how much happens in just five minutes of, more stuff happens in five minutes of New York than happens in 15 episodes of Beverly Hills. Yeah. And I that's what I wish that they would honestly, if they cut OC, if they cut New Jersey, both I would be thrilled and put all of that production money and salary money towards New York and film more around the year, you know, like add more episodes because I'd be completely fine. I would not miss OC. I would not miss New Jersey. Like I'd blink and completely forget about them because I do because they're worthless and garbage people. And it's like, I wish they would put that into New York because New York, how it has not won every type of Emmy, not only best reality series. I'm like, how is Top Chef nominated? No, nobody cares. Nobody, who's going around wearing shirts with like fucking Tom Colicchio's quotes on them? <laughs> Just being like, oh my God, remember when Padma said this last night? She's so crazy. Oh my God, Padma, you're outrageous. No, it's like Real Housewives of New York deserves every Emmy and unscripted and scripted. I like, agree. It's amazing. Never, ever come up with like the drama that it has come up like that they have come up with the best comedy like Will and Grace and its heyday could never have won the comedy like Veep could never have created like the Veep writers on HBO could never have created or write it like or <laughs> I was going to say it, or write it. Oh my God, I sound like I'm a cast member of Real Housewives of <laughs> New Jersey. I sound like like never righted never wrote a character as wonderful as Ramona Singer. And when I say as wonderful, like as wonderful, I mean as horrendous and wonderful as Ramona. It's like they're superhuman beings, you know? Yeah. The the level of delusion and it's like a certain combination of delusion and humor and um just like I don't know what it is. Ramona I was trying I was like talking to my mom about this. I'm like Ramona is a combination of Karen Walker from Will and Grace, like that level of, of that level of cruelty, but without the class or glamour, but the level of cruelty of Karen Walker from Will and Grace and the level of delusion and self grandeur of Valerie Cherish from the comeback <laughs> together. And then also Lucille Bluth from Arrested Development. If you put all of those together and Samantha from Sex and the City, like the horniness of it, if you put all of that together and then put the eyes of that squirrel from Ice Age, <laughs> that would be then you get Ramona Singer. <laughs> like, that would be my recipe. If I was on Top Chef, I'd be like, here's my recipe for Ramona Singer. And that would be it. That is amazing. <laughs> I love New York. I'm sad that it's going to be done soon, but I'm so excited to see the in-person reunion the fact that Luann Ramona and Tinsley all went out with Constantine Maroulis from American Idol so funny when they were like 
you know, oh, I dated that American Idol contestant. I was so praying that it was William Hung. I knew it wouldn't be, but in my mind, I'm just like, I, I would give anything. I would give one of my kidneys for it to all be that they all went out or slept with William Hung. The little Asian, the sweet little Asian man who sang, she bangs, she bangs and was like horrible. Like, I so wish it was, I so wish it had been William Hung instead of like Constantine Marulis. But the fact that it's like, Ramona shit herself and she didn't even know it. And then left it on the floor <laughs> and then realized oh, that when Sonia got up and touched it with her toe. To try to <laughs> her toe. And I'm like, the fact that, cause like, I'm sure you, you know, you saw like the cameo of Elise, like. Yeah. Elise, Elise and Leah. And they said that she, you know, has some bowel difficulties during sex. During sex. And it's like, I kind of, I mean, I thought it was funny and obviously I want to believe it because I love, hate Ramona and hate, love Ramona. And I've met Ramona and she's a monster human being. And it's like, at the time it really shook me at the time. It really honestly did. Like, like Dorinda said, she was, she's like, people use traumatized when they talk about you. And mm-hmm. you know, I'm actually here. Like Ronnie and Karen and I did an entire episode three years ago when I met her of me talking about my experience with her. And I almost got fucking sued and I had to take the episode down. Oh my God. Wait, that was you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why was I not? Making... Was this, <laughs> this became public, right? Wasn't this like yeah, a whole thing? Yeah. They talked yeah. about this. Wait, yeah. my mind is blown. It's like I'm going back in my files in my head of a few years ago. She, oh my God. This was a storyline. Um, I'm not sure if it, this was a story, but like. No, this was a whole, wasn't there a whole thing about how someone said something bad about her on a podcast and she threatened to sue them and then she pretended like she didn't? Someone else brought it up about her. Oh, really? Or or maybe maybe it was was off screen. Maybe it was like, sometimes I forget what's like actually in the seasons versus what, because they, what they talk Um, about on Instagram. I had to take it down. I will say it was up for less than 48 hours and I had it down. Are you able to share? So much trouble. And Rob and I, like, I, I, when I say, like, I'm on the, I live on the West Coast, I got a call at 4 a.m. my time. And when I answered the phone, it was just, I've never been screamed at in my life. It honestly looked like the teacher in, you know, in Charlie Wait, who Brown. Who was yelling at you? you see the, like, wah, 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 when you just see the sound yeah. thing. Wait, who yelled at like, you? Some lawyer? Like, representatives of, things okay got it and granted my mom was di- uh, you know unmedicated which is why i'm such a proponent of medication unmedicated bipolar for most of my life so i've been trust me i've been yelled at i've i've heard and, yeah. I grew, and my dad's i've heard yelling i you know we're not a you know oh my you know we're not cocktail talkers we're bad bitches like i've heard yelling yes i've never been yelled at like i've been yelled at after, for talking about her. After I did a podcast just – and it was honestly, I thought, a funny podcast. I mean, like, I was making more fun of myself of, like, how horrible I was in the situation than I was her. I was just – I didn't say anything that was untrue. I – and nothing was inappropriate or something that she would be called, like – I didn't say anything that was, like, I – you know, Ramona said this word, something that she'd be called problematic about. Right. You know? that makes sense like I didn't say like I didn't make anything up I didn't say 
she didn't say anything that would be a headline cancellation problem now, you know? I just explained how she acted and how horrible I was at responding to it. And it's like, so I have met Ramona and it's at the time it's Trump at the time I just like was not able to handle it. I had just like had a horrible week and just in my mind, it was not, I was just like not in an emotional place to do it. I was just out of my mind. I was in like a really low place and I just had a, it was just not a good time for me. Is there ever a good place to be like freaked out at on by Ramona? So it's just like at the time I was really sad and upset and scared. But now that years have gone, I mean, in April, it'll be three years. In April, it'll be three years since that happened. And it's like now I look back and I kind of had the best Ramona experience possible because it's like I had peak Ramona and then seeing like it had nothing to do with me whatsoever because the only person she would be nice to would be a man she wants to fuck or Avery, her daughter. Like there's nobody else she would be nice to. And she is an, I mean, she's not even nice to her cast members. So, so like, I, how did you feel watching her scene with the therapist where she's like, I'm really nice and I'm trying to date men and treat them like how my girlfriends. You know, I'm gentle salt. You know, kind and respectful to others. Okay. I love people. I'm kind soul. You know, gentle. <laughs> And I like I sat there and I was just like, now I can crack up because I realize it's like it's not like she was doing that personally to me. It she's like that to every single person. Yeah. She takes you for a ride on the Ramona coaster. Yes. God forbid you bring up her book when she was like, Don't say that. I didn't write that book. Like, don't say that book. And I was like, (laughs) What? Like that's what like she because I said that in her, the intro I did for my podcast. And she's like, don't say that. Okay, start again. And so it's like, I... She Wait, you did. interviewed her for a podcast? Yeah. And then you talked about how bad it went with Ronnie. On my podcast. On your yeah. podcast. Okay, okay. I remember this. We get to get into the podcast. We don't have to get into it, but that is... Okay. Like, she... I introed her three times. Each time she didn't like how I did it. And then... Finally, I said, you know what? I'll just re-record the intro later on. Let's just, and I literally said, this is, so I, she wasn't even on my, I said, I'm like, I just, I so appreciate you doing that. And this was on my birthday. This was on my 29th birthday. I'm 31 now. I, I interviewed her on my birthday and I said, oh my God, I can't thank you enough for doing this podcast. I'm like, honestly, you're doing like Bethany Frankel, Puerto Rico level charity right now. Thank you so much for doing this. She said, okay, shut it off. Shut it off now. And she was like yelling at us. And I was like, oh. she's like, shut it off. I'm done. I'm done. How dare you men- mention Bethany Frankel? I'm done. And I'm like, so we did. Is that all? <laughs> it's like she can't even see what you were trying to say. She's just I mean, so. It's a funny joke. I was just like super nervous and like, and I was very thankful for her doing the podcast. And I was just kind of making a dumb joke because obviously like Bethany Frankel hadn't quit the show by that you know yeah oh my god she is something else stupid thing of like you're doing a really big thing by being on my show no yeah for her to freak out at you and like that was so not only did she make me restart the podcast I had to re-intro her four different times and she insulted me between each time and told me to shut it off then when I said that she Lost it. Shut it off. And then went off. 
And it was such a funny story. And I was just making fun of myself during, I was mostly making fun of myself during it. You know, I was explaining exactly what she did, you know, like about just how she was acting before. Cause she was just like, as ridiculous as she is on screen, she is as the thing is, it's exactly her. She does not act any differently, any different off screen than on mm-hmm. like she, that level of ridiculous and neurotic and awful and unaware and just not even, you know? Yeah. Ronnie and I did a whole podcast and. Oh my God. That is, that is something else. Well, thank you for sharing that again. I really appreciate that. Now I'm thinking, I'm like, you know what? Why, like, why am I afraid to say it? I'm just like, what, three years later when all these shitting stories are coming out? Like what, like. In fact, one of them said, like, this is the worst press that's ever come out about Ramona. And I'm like, now I'm watching. I'm like, really? Want to bet when all this shit, like, when the stuff, like, no funny time when, like, Elise was like, yeah, nobody wants to date her because she shits during sex. I'm like, really? Mine was the worst press to come out about Ramona saying she was rude? I guarantee you there's a lot worse press coming out now with coronavirus and how she's, you know, bringing it all over the country. (laughs) Are you fucking kidding no, it is not. Like, I just, I don't know. Leah's my MVP. I love I, Leah. God, I hope she comes back. I would be. She will. They can't not. People are obsessed. The the people are calling for Leah. And it's like, I, and I would be sad if, like, the thing is, I don't want Ramona to leave. Ramona's, Ramona gives me so much joy every week of this year. It's like, this season, I think, is the funniest because it's like, and the people who are complaining online were like, well, it's just the same every week. They just, you know, get drunk and it's just like a mess. And it's like, I just want it to be light and fun and funny and disasters. And it's just like every episode makes me off. I'm like, Beverly Hills, you're actively out to destroy somebody's life. You know? And like, I don't care about that. Like, I don't like that. Like, I just want it to be fun and silly and ridiculous and watch these ridiculous women. And it's like, Luann has more game than any guy on fucking Vanderpump Rules or Southern Charm. Luann picks up, like, two men. Like, those women on, like, last week's episode, they worked out. They picked up two men. And, like, re- like Anne went, like, fucking splunking or splurking or whatever the fuck it's called. Like, all before noon. They did more work <laughs> than I've done in eight months of fucking quarantine or whatever this is. <laughs> They are fun to watch. They are super fun to watch. Um, But where can everyone listen to Adderall and Compliments and where can they find you on social media? Oh, they can find me on Adderall and Compliments on iTunes, A-D-D-E-R-A-L-L, and Compliments on iTunes. And they can find me on Instagram at Annabelle DeSisto on Instagram. Woo! for letting me do this this was so fun we need to chat more i'm gonna i can't wait to hear more about this story this is so funny these women are insane and i love that they are the way they are all the time oh they're just i mean they're just magical i met all of them except for bethany frankel and um carol but dorinda and sonia and luann were um lovely and they I met them the week before at the premiere party. No, I didn't meet Luann. Luann walked in on me and Ramona doing our, our, our podcast. podcast. <laughs> this is amazing. Nice. Her iPhone, so. Oh, my gosh. Well, have a wonderful afternoon, and we will chat more soon. Yes. I so, so hope I'm able to come back, and I can't wait till you're a guest on mine. I'm so honored that you let me to do, do Yes. This. 
just had the best time talking to you. So thank you so much, Mandy. You're the best. You're the best. Also, you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Hip, 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 powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus, the bulbous walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.